quiet on the set. Oh, hey, we're recording. Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. Testing out a new intro here. Had a funny thought the other day, and I was like, I've always wanted to shout quiet on the set, and so maybe that's what we do now. Let me know if you like that intro. We're just trying some stuff out, but hey, how you been? Uh, It's been a while. It's been a minute. Hope you've been well. I've been well and crazy. Uh, Today is going to be a storytelling kind of day, and... Uh, as you can guess from the title, it is about my trip, recent trip to Vegas for a friend's wedding. No, it was not an impromptu Little White Chapel on the Strip type wedding. His wife is from Vegas. He lived there for several years. That's how they met, and this whole thing got going. So it was actually the least Vegas, Vegas wedding that you could have, really, in a lot of in a lot of respects, at least in that respect. And the trip, as the title suggests, was... A wild one, but for none of the reasons that you would think a Vegas trip was wild. Like, take the hangover and think about kind of how that would, you know, would be is like your ultimate caricature of like a typical Vegas trip. Not this trip. Nothing about (laughs) this trip was like all the crazy things about this trip had literally nothing to do with with the opposite direction of that. So we'll start with this. It was a quick trip. All right. Leave Friday afternoon. Get in Friday night. Hang out all day Saturday, wedding is Saturday evening, get up at the butt crack of dawn on Sunday, and fly back, because that was the best flight available. So, serious contemplation about, like, do we just stay up all night, go to the airport at 3 in the morning, get a couple hours of sleep, and because our flight left at 7, we ultimately opted, like, let's go ahead and get the room for both nights, and we maybe will sleep a few hours, we just won't get a full 8, and we'll, we'll sleep on the flight, we'll sleep when we get home, take it easy, it'll be fine, right? Well... As is the too perfect timing, flight leaves at 4.30 on Friday. We get there, and it's it's the Oklahoma City Airport. Like, let's be real. You could get there. You could get there when boarding starts and get through security and get to your gate on time. And, pro- and if you're in the last group, probably get to your gate before they even get to that group. <laughs> and especially when you have TSA pre-check, it's like not even, like there was literally no line. No line. So, but we, we got there. We got there about an hour and a half early and just to be, just to be safe. So we get there and it's like, oh, we've got like an hour, uh, hour and 25 minutes to kill because uh, we got there an hour and a half early. <laughs> so 4.30 flight. Well, for any of you who live in the area and you might remember that it was Friday was a stormy day and it kind of really didn't hit until late afternoon, early evening. So... We're sitting there, and we quickly find out that, like, okay, 4.30 flight, we're supposed to probably start boarding around 4, 4.15, and all of a sudden, line starts forming at the desk, and it's looking pretty grim out, and I'm looking on the radar, I'm like, oh, there's storms hitting, but maybe we can get away before they hit, and lady goes on the intercom, and here we go. The fun begins. They tell us, hey, plane can't land right now because of the storms. They're literally just circling the airport, but they should be able to land soon. And we'll get you going if you want to rebook. And then, I mean, she was updating people, like, all of a sudden a line at the booking table, people trying to rebook and stuff because their their layover wasn't long. We had a long layover. So let me back up to our, our original plan, right? 4.30 flight, OKC to Dallas. Land in Dallas, a little before 6. Uh, we were going to get off. And our next flight didn't leave till like 8.15. And so I was like, all right, we're going to have a couple hours. We're going to go sit down, eat a nice dinner, relax. Then it's a couple-hour flight. And because of the time change, we'll get in at, at 9 Vegas time or uh, 11 p.m. Uh, Central time. So 
you know, everything gonna everything gonna work out. A okay. Well, that quickly got turned on its head. So 4:30 becomes we the plane finally lands a little after five, and then but then because of lightning, all the crew had all the all the tarmac crews had to come inside and they had to wait at least what was it? It was 10, 20 minutes, like a minimum, and um, without lightning before they could go out. And so that that takes another twenty minutes. So 5:30, they finally get the plane to the tarmac. Well, now we find out that there's also not it's. Sort of the same. It's more like its brother, Storm Cell, is smoking Dallas. And they're what's called a ground stop. So all the air traffic in Dallas is stopped. Nobody's taking off. Nobody's landing because the storm is just wrecking it. And I'm going, oh, great. It's, it's not enough to have, have storms hitting the airport you're in, but the airport you're trying to go to, too, simultaneously. So they finally get off that plane, uh, the planes, and... This whole time, I'm like, look, we're just going to ride this out. We are, we are literally going to ride this lightning, and we're going to see... Uh, we're not going to worry about trying to rebook. We're not going to do any of that. We had a long layover already. Um, at this point, I'm like, well, we're kind of pushing it. So we finally get the go-ahead that like, hey, it's clearing up here. Dallas is still on a ground stop, but we're going to get the plane clean. We're going to get you guys on the plane, and then we're going to, you know, the pilot, captain, whatever he is, the person flying us is going to request, like, you know, immediate takeoff as soon as we can. And I'm sure all the other planes are doing this, but, you know, they try and make you feel better. Like, hey, our captain is fighting for us to get in the air. And uh, now I will say, shout out to this captain, because he flew like a maniac in a good way to Dallas, and we made wicked good time. This man was not messing around, and I was about it. But we'll get there. So we finally get on the plane around 6, and we're like, sweet, okay, we'll probably be on here 15, 20 minutes. And that turn quickly turned into 7.15 rolls around. And we're like, oh, crap. And we are fi- and we are still sitting, like, just we're at the gate, but we're just on the plane now instead of in the airport. So we've been sitting on the plane. Fortunately, the air running, so it kept cool, didn't get stuffy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, we finally get the go. And we get the go, takes off. I'm from leaving the gate to, like, getting to the next gate. My, my wife timed 35 minutes to Dallas. And normally, like, the flight duration itself is 35 minutes. This dude was boom, blasting it. I was about it. It wasn't even that rough of a ride either. It was pretty good. So we land, and, of course, everyone's freaking out. Everyone's in the same boat. I've been in this boat before where, like, you know, the flight got delayed because of storms. And everyone on the flight was affected. Because most people were doing the same connection, and they were like, "You know," and so they're like, "Let people who's in a hurry go on fur go get off first. And everyone looked at each other like, "I'm in a hurry. Are you in a hurry?" Everyone was in a hurry. Uh, same situation here. <laughs> so we we land. Fortunately, our other flight got pushed back a little bit, and they were telling us that, like, "Hey, all the flights are getting delayed." And we're like, "Cool. All right, that's no problem." So we we land in Dallas right around eight. Um, we get off. We have to transfer terminals, and so that takes time. And our new now our flight is not leaving until like nine, and so we we get to our terminal. And fortunately, where we get off the tram is literally at our gate, and 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 not thirty seconds after we like walk into the gate area, they they are like getting ready to start boarding. Like they're starting with the priority members, and we're we're by this point we're starving. The plans got totally thrown on their head. Everyone's pissed off. Um, my wife and I are super hangry. I've got a headache. It's just like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you you had this plan, and sure, I was fine if it didn't go exactly to plan, but it got so thrown on its head. Like, I'm glad I went and bought some uh, 
snack or I didn't buy some snacks, but I went and bought like all the snacks. The TGI Fridays had these like ready to go burgers. I bought like that. I bought some chips. I bought a protein pack. I bought cookies. Like it was the ultimate hunger buy, and I ate all of it, absolutely all of it, every every bit. <laughs> It was one of those where, like, a lot of times you, you're feeling real hungry, and so you'll buy a bunch, and then you'll eat half of it and be like, okay, I was just a little bit too hungry. Eyes bigger than my stomach there. No. My eyes were, my stomach was just as big as my eyes here, and I was spot on. And it felt good. It feels good to be in that, that kind of flow with your with your hunger game, you know? They talk about being in flow in sports. It felt good to be in flow with my hunger in that I bought exactly the right amount. I mean, granted, at this point, it was a little... Too little, too late. But we rush over to TGI Fridays, grab it just as fast as we can grab our food and get back. We literally hop in line, and within 20 seconds, we are like walking onto the plane. So it was like, a, it you're talking like 15 minute turnaround. And it's after, I mean, we'd only flown for half an hour, but the process, we'd sat on a plane for, we'd been on a plane for already two hours. And it's like, look, it's one thing if you have to sit at the gate, but sitting on the plane right there, like, we all know how our plane seats are built. They're built for small 13-year-old uh, prepubescent boys. Uh, <laughs> they are, they're built for people who are narrow, who are lean, and uh, if you're a normal-sized, full-grown adult, uh, it's a little tight. But I digress. So we get on that plane, and the tricky thing about this flight is like, oh, it leaves at 9, but we arrive at 10. And my wife's like, oh, yes, short flight. I say, it's two and a half hours. And she goes, what? And I say, yeah, it's two and a half hours because we go through mountain time, and then they're on Pacific time. And she just, like, this look of terror comes over her face. And I'm already, like, I've already been terrorized by it. It's like... So much has happened at this point, I'm just numb to it. I'm just like, ah, I've already taken a beating. Just keep just keep wailing on me at this point. It's already I'm already broke I'm already a broken man. <laughs> just take everything. Just full on job status at this point. Like you've already taken so much. Like I don't it's what you what do you want from me to do? What am I gonna get out of cursing God in this moment? And we <laughs> So we get on this flight, and guy guy made good. This pilot also made good time. This pilot was in the same boat. He goes, "So I thought I was going to be going to the Hyatt tonight, and they told me, nope, you're flying to Vegas.'" And I said, "Boy, oh boy!" So even the pilot's in the same mood, which I think helped us out because he ultimately flew faster. And so we get into Vegas, and it was rough. It was a rough flight. Like the headphones I had because I had a headache, I couldn't wear them so much. I couldn't get comfortable sleeping. It's the whole thing, right? Like, just it's just horrible at this point. And not not to mention, because we sat on the plane for an hour and a half on the tarmac, and because of all the regulations, you're wearing a mask that whole time. And being in Oklahoma, holy crap, land of the free. When we got back, I was like, yes, it is good to be back. And I really have no desire to fly anywhere anytime soon if I can avoid it. Just because, and I'm not trying to be an anti-masker here. I will say this. Me being fully vaccinated is a problem for me and potentially those around me. Because when I have absolutely zero reason to do something, I'm very outspoken about why I should not do said thing. Such as wearing a mask. There is literally no reason for anyone to wear a mask once you are fully vaccinated. None. Zero. Except for control and optics. That is that is the only reason. Look, I go into a business and they're like, we require, we still require masks. And I walk in and they're like, sir, could you put on a mask? I will politely put on a mask and I will wear that mask. But 
Otherwise, yeah, sorry about you. But anyways, so this is the longest duration I've worn, like longest single duration I've worn a mask. It's probably like six plus hours. So like behind my ears are hurting, um, which it's not even pulling that tight. And and so that just adds to the, to the struggle. And even my wife, who's a nurse and like wears a mask for her 12-hour shift, she's like, even I get to take mine off sometimes. We didn't get to take it off at all. I mean, when I was eating and drinking, I ripped that bad boy off and took my sweet time eating uh, or tried to, but I was scarfing it down. So, yeah, we get to Vegas, and it's around 10, and we're like, all right, cool, let's get off. And the kicker is check-in time for our hotel was 3 to 11 p.m. And I was like, crap. At first, I was like, there's no problem. We get in at 9. We got plenty of time. Now we're getting in, like, right at 10. And I'm just like, son of a gun. And I feel horrible. And we get off. And it's a freaking trek to get to the little Uber area. To, like, it, it honestly... Like, normally, they're kind of close. This one is like, you got, it's like going through a little labyrinth. You're just following the signs. And I'm like, where the, f- oh, 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 no, it keeps going. Like, every time I thought, I thought we got there like three times. And we finally get to this parking garage. It's like, okay, we are here. We started trying to book an Uber slash Lyft when we got off the plane. Because I was like, oh, we're like two minutes out. Like, start booking it now as soon as we, like, could and land. And we did not get one until we got to the parking area like 15 minutes later. And, yeah. If you don't, if you weren't aware, which I was vaguely aware, there's like a big Uber and Lyft shortage right now uh, for several reasons. I think the biggest one being a lot of people are on still on unemployment, which I haven't kept up with like Uber and Lyft and like how that whole benefits battle has gone. But it uh, looks like it's gone good for the Uber drivers or those who do it full time. Uh, and I'm on, I I don't have enough information, but I'm a little on the fence about how I feel as far as like unemployment for an uber driver like i guess the pandemic would be the justifiable reason but at some point it's like i don't know i don't know it's a different like vegas is a place where you can uber full-time i'm not from a place where you can uber and it and it pay for you full-time so i'm not in, I'm, i don't i don't have a horse in that fight yep i'm uh making up expressions mixing and matching here i don't have a horse in that fight um so I'm not going to like get into that. But anyways, Uber and Lyft shorted. So we're like, I'm on Uber on my phone. She's on Lyft on her phone. We're just sitting there. Book. Come on, book. Come on, book. Finally get them. And everyone's waiting. We wait. And we get it. And like, we're going to get there right at 11. And we get in. So the Lyft goes well. No problems there. We get to the hotel though. And we are two in line. There's a line of, there are one, one people in front of us. It's only one group at a time in the little office to check in and there's there's people in there right now and there's one person out one group outside and then it's us and i'm like it's it's 11 p.m I'm like all right we got in line we're here we're good uh, it'll be fine no big deal since we're here they'll see us even if it's a little after 11 well 15 minutes go by and these people finally get checked in and i'm just like what I don't know what was going on, but every time I've checked into a hotel, it's walk up. I'm here to check in. Here's your info. Give me your credit card. Put on file. Okay, cool. You're in this room. Bye. Like two minutes max, max. And it's not. This took them like 20. I don't know what was taking so long, but they finally get out. And, you know, at this point we are so worn out. I'm just like, give me my freaking room like nobody test me because I will go off in in a very not Christian way and so the group in front of us they go in and I'm like okay maybe it'll be quicker no it takes them 15 minutes too and I'm like is this about to are we gonna go in there like we pre-booked we have a reservation we is it gonna take us 20 minutes took us three minutes three minutes once we got in there I was so mad 
I was like, how did it take these people any longer than three minutes? I mind blown, no explanation. Oh, and then we find out too that, so we kind of knew about this. We knew there was like this little outdoor area. That's kind of like a little, like a patio, like club, like you can go like they have, there's a bar there at this casino. We're like saying in the, the casino tower of this place. And, and we're like, okay, yeah, that, no, that'd be cool. Like there's, and they have like the giant cornhole and different games. And sometimes they have live music and DJs and it's cool. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's cool. Like as a part of the hotel experience, I didn't realize it was going to be right outside of our window. So like they have a thing on their on their hotel sign that says free earplugs. I'm like, oh, that's a funny joke. And then I realized, oh, we should have gotten the earplugs. Um, <laughs> but we finally go up to our room at like midnight, and which is two a.m. Two a.m. So twelve hours later, twelve hours. You know how long it takes to drive from Oklahoma City to Vegas? I believe I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check myself. But I believe it is roughly 16 hours. So let's go from home. Oh, wait. And let's go to Las Vegas. Yeah. It took us 12 hours. So getting to the airport at like 2.45-ish, 2.30, 2.45, then getting in at 2 a.m. Yeah, 16 and a half hours driving interstate. We were we were almost matching what it would have been drive time because initially with this trip, had things worked out my way, honestly, I would have just made it like a five six day trip and driven up and driven back because it's a fun drive. We could have stopped, maybe you know, quick stop at the Grand Canyon or whatever else is open, I guess, if anything, on our way there, and and we could have gone out to like Zion and like done other stuff like around, um, but that, that's not how it worked out, and that's fine, but. Yeah, 12 hours later, we finally get there, and we're like, thank goodness. And then we get to our room, we lay down. I go to 7-Eleven across the street, and, you know, you're never ready for Vegas until you're in Vegas, right? You know what I mean? So there's the there's the cool kid with their cool cars out there, uh, meet, and they meet at the 7-Eleven. I go in, super crammed. There's a guy peeing in the corner right outside the door of the 7-Eleven. Um, you know, it reeks of weed everywhere. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm in Vegas, right? I'm going to have to like adjust culturally to where I'm at. And, but it's all good. You know, I get some water, get some snacks. We go back, we kind of hydrate and we're like, okay, I get some, get some, uh, Advil for my headache and it finally goes away. And we're like, sweet, let's go to sleep. We lay down and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep with this. I know it's not good. You have to bear with me, but that's basically what's going on. I and mean, we're on the fourth floor, but like our window is like, we look, we overlook this. And so we couldn't have been on the other side where facing the other way where maybe it would have been a little more muffled, but Hey, we're here. Right. And so, so immediately I'm like, Oh no, I, we should have gotten a whole different hotel, but I was, I wanted to save money. So yeah, 12 hours later, many delays later, ultimate waiting in line later. We made it to Vegas. And once we were there, it was fine. We walked around, which by the way, I will say this, our entirety of the time, we weren't like on the strip. We were in downtown Vegas, which is basically northern. If you go north enough on the strip, you'll kind of go through this like what I'll call no man's land. You'll go by a cool courthouse, the Supreme Court courthouse of Nevada. And um, you'll go by you'll go by uh, the Pawn Stars Pawn Shop, and then and then all of a sudden you'll come back into an area that's that's like the old time downtown. They have the Fremont Street experience, super cool. 
And then all of these classic casino hotels that were like kind of the OG Vegas. And so that's what you, it's like kind of the authentic Vegas thing. A lot of cool places, right? So we went, went to this cool place, had these sweet donuts. We went had an awesome chicken sandwich for lunch. We took a nice nap. We took our sweet time. Um, but in the back of our minds, when I, when it starts getting later in the day, I'm like, all right, cool. The wedding thing, we're going to have to like start booking an Uber like 30 to 45 minutes before we actually need to leave. So timing this thing is, is, is become difficult because the way the venue is set up, we can't get there more than 30 minutes before the ceremony. So it's like, you have a 30 minute window to hit. We fortunately hit it right in the middle, got there 15 minutes before it was fine. Now fast forward to end of the night. DJ's like, Hey, last song, you should probably start booking your Ubers. Now we're kind of coordinated with some other people there that we kind of made friends with. And it, um, and lo and behold, we end up being the last people, me and my wife and this other guy that we were um, getting an Uber with, end up, and then we find it, end up being the last. And then this other group who were like, um, that we had met at the wedding, they, they were separate from us. We finally walked outside and they were, they were still waiting. We got canceled on three times. Not even, we, we got lifts and then they, they didn't accept the ride three times. And, and so the reception ended at 10 PM. And then they're doing like this little casual after party thing at, um, in a suite at the hotel, uh, back downtown. And so we're, we're three miles from the hotel. So it's not a walking distance thing. Well, we, we, we go and we go out there and they're like, they're trying to do the same thing. So we're sitting there back to the booking game, right? It's like 1045 at this point, the wedding venue has literally closed. Like we were, we sat in there and the girl started to walk over. She was so nice too. And I was like, I, I, I could see it in her eyes. And I said, do we need to leave? And she says, yes, I just don't want to get in trouble with my boss. So we're shutting it down. And we're like, that's fine. So we like walk out and we're like going, standing out in front in the parking lot. And we we're like running into this other group. They're like, we've been waiting for an Uber too. Like everybody has left though. Somehow everyone else had good, good arrangements. Um, they knew someone with a car, had a rental car. I don't know, but there was, uh, like seven of us that, yeah, we did, we did not. And so we, we finally get one like right around 11 and, or, or, or the, the other group before. And they're like, we had to get the XL cause there's four of us. And they're like, but we can, Hey, we can ask them and maybe, maybe bribe them with a little extra good tip. If, if, if we could fit everybody. Cause it's like minivan. And we we're like, Oh, okay. But we don't want to like over push this guy. And I actually just found an Uber who, or a Lyft who said he was on his way. I even messaged him and, um, and, and like, I was like, Oh, I think I might have one, but I wasn't holding my breath because this has happened three times before. And it sat there and just said 10 minutes away for like 30 minutes. Well, this guy actually finally shows up and we ask him and he's super nice. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll just fit everyone. So we were able to get it and get to the after party and it's awesome. Right. Uh, after party goes real good. It's a lot of fun. And then the, the decision became okay with our difficulties of getting a ride. So we found out you can pre-schedule lifts. So we were like, hey, let's schedule one for... F- flight leaves at 7, let's get to the airport at 5, uh, schedule it for 4.45. And we do that. And then this one guy we met, he was like, I'm just going straight to the airport. You know, he gets to like 1 a.m. And he's like, I'm just going to go straight to the airport. My plane leaves at 6. I'm just going to go get there now. He he literally... It took him over an hour to get an Uber. And it, I mean, it's Vegas, so it's like it never sleeps. But it's, it's it is only like 1 a.m., but it took him like a solid hour. And uh, interesting note on Vegas. I just want to pause here and say this. Actually, I want to finish the story. Then I'll pause here and say this. Okay. So we, 
we decided, you know, we're going to go get a couple hours of sleep. So we sleep from like 2 to like 4.30. And we're like worried. We're like, we don't know if this lifts. So like we call him and he's like, yeah, I'm your lift. Cool. Sweet. We do express checkout. We get out of there. It's awesome. Um, we get to the airport. And uh, no, no real problems there except we were TSA pre-check. And it was a little annoying because it didn't show up on our tickets. And so we actually had to wait in the line. And because this is an airport where that matters, Oklahoma doesn't matter. But this is one where it kind of mattered. But we got through the airport okay, got through security, got to our gate. No weather problems this time, no none of that nonsense. Uh, we flew home, it was a rough flight, and we made it back. And uh, it, it was all good. It was, it was all good. So it was it was a wild trip. It was a, it was an extremely fun trip, but it was wild for none of the reasons you would expect. And and you know typically you hear Vegas trip and you're like oh there's gambling or whatever. Someone asked me like oh you know do you you win big? I said I, I did win big. And they're like oh yeah like uh, how much you make? And I said nothing. But I didn't lose anything either. I won no money. I lost zero money. That that is that is how you win. That is that is that is considered a win. I did not give in and go and gamble, and so I did not lose anything. So bada bing, bada boom. Uh, I will say this. The interesting thing, of, thing about Vegas, I figured because they were so profit entertainment tourist driven that they would like really like, I don't, you know, I thought, I thought it'd be one of those places like where they have the mask mandate in quotes, but like they wouldn't, like nobody would really care. No, they really cared, like obnoxiously. We were walking on this outdoor prom, outdoor promenade. And like we and they have like a little gate set. We walk through, and the security guy's like, "Oh, put your mask on." I'm like, "Okay." And so like I start to go and put it on. We get ten feet from him. I pull it back down because, like I said, being fully vaccinated has become a problem. Because uh, I really, I'm, I'm really trying not to be obnoxious and be like, "I'm not gonna wear my mask." I'm, I'm vaccinated. There, there is literally zero logic. There's, there's, there's no good reason. You can try and give me a good reason besides, oh, it makes people feel good because. I mean, come on. Like, I don't know. We're, we're to the point where so many people are vaccinated. I'm not going to get into that conversation today. But I figured that's how they would be. They were actually really strict. One annoying note, and I won't put all of this. Someone did bring this up, and I won't put all of this on the bartender. But he didn't have to respond in the way that he did. In so as far as being a dick to be a dick to me. You kind of dick to my wife, made the situation complicated, and he ultimately kind of broke protocol anyway. So the bar at the wedding. Uh, you know, he, he's wearing a mask. Nobody's wearing the mask at the reception at this point because we're all walking around mingling. It's like, who cares? Uh, well, well, I I go, ah, just be safe and put it in my pocket when I go to the bar, but I'm walk up. I walk up to the bar and he's like, hey, put on a mask. Like, So bartenders have a mask and there's the plexiglass thing hanging. So there's a physical barrier and there's a little window at the bottom, kind of like a bank teller. And he's like, put on your mask. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll put on my mask. That's fine. I just want to order a drink, get this over with. I'm not going to sit here and fight with you. And I'm sure your boss is telling you this is how they have to go. And the venue has strict rules or they won't super enforce it on the guests, but only in certain situations. And then I saw, so I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to order whatever. And then my wife's like, Hey, you know, could I actually get a thing of wine? She tries to step up next to me. She's standing kind of just offset and behind me. She tries to step up next to me. Like, Hey, what do you want? She goes and he looks at her and goes, where's your like mask? And, and she's like, Oh, I left it at the table. And like, she tries to step up a couple times to give her order. And he, every time like is 
physically being like, no, 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 like you need to, you, no, don't come any closer, like that kind of thing. And so I'm like, so now I'm trying to play middleman, and she's like, what kind you want? And I try and yell to this guy. There's music going, so it's loud and it's muffled, and there's a screen. And so we sit there and go back and forth, and I can't understand him. He can't understand me. He eventually leans around, and we get three inches from each other's face, and we lean around the plexiglass to get my order, and I go, this is asinine. But, yeah, surprised that uh, that Vegas was that strict about their masking policy. I guess they're a little more, mm, uh, you know what, I guess they're a little more blue. I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe because there's so much more tourist focus, they enforce it, whatever. But interesting note I heard from the Uber, um, our first one. He he told us, I was asking, like, hey, like, you know, do you guys plan, and do you know if there's plans to, like, open up, relax any of the restrictions, whatever. And... He said, yeah, no, we're like dining at like 50% or whatever. It's pretty good. And then he goes, yeah, they tell us in June we're going to fully open up except for the masks. And I just I just like stop and I go, okay, at what point has this become about control? Because it's like if you're going to fully open up, that means you're comfortable and it should be totally optional and only up to the businesses that if they want to require them, they can. But there should not be a government mandated mask mandate anymore there it like you can't be like hey we're gonna open up but you, everyone still has to wear their mask no no you're not opening up then I, I mean you you kind of are opening up but also what about what about how everyone's getting vaccinated what, what does that mean right and you still hear that from the top down but i'm not gonna get into that anyways that was just an interesting thought i was like hmm, that's so weird but yeah wild vegas trip for another reasons you expected we we got to see some human feces on the side of the street and that was fun um, my wife almost stepped in that one. She was like, whoa, sidestep. And we looked at that and we both looked at each other and she goes, that was human poop. I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the guy who was dancing with the traffic cone back there that we just passed too. Uh, <laughs> he was traffic cone guy. Saw him like three times and he was just like mingling with this like wide traffic cone. He liked those big cones. Um, <laughs> oh man. And, uh, he was into big orange cones, like the, the wider ones, but yeah, he was just like dancing with it and like twirling it around. It's kind of funny, but, uh, yeah, wild Vegas trip. And then now I made sure to do, you know, the ultimate tourist thing that when you think of Vegas, it's like, what do you think of doing? Right. You know, it's, it's not taking a picture with the welcome to Las Vegas sign. It's not picture with showgirls. It's not, you know, picture in front of the Bellagio or whatever. It is getting a picture with the Supreme court, um, with the Supreme court courthouse, of Nevada, located between the the modern part of the strip and downtown Vegas. Yes, that is right. I got a picture with that because I said, this is a must. This is a staple of Vegas, right? It's actually because I want to start this trend of taking pictures, unexpected tourist pictures in places. So, like, I, I look at this street sign. <laughs> That's not a significant street. Oh, it's Third Street, but it's in Vegas, right? And that sort of thing. That was the only one, one of those I did, but I was like, I want to start doing that. That's funny because, you know, Vegas has so many iconic things. I was just like... Let's take something with, like, the last thing I think of in Vegas is like, oh, the Supreme Court Courthouse of Nevada, the district one, is in Las Vegas. <laughs> I had no idea. It was cool. It was under construction. Uh, but it had these cool gold doors. It's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. But, yeah, other random note I took from Vegas. So, we were walking, like I told you about the outdoor kind of promenade uh, that is Fremont Street Experience. And so, you know, they had it kind of gated off. You had security at the beginning. It wasn't just like an open street. Well... They had COVID-safe beggar protocols. They literally had these black circles painted because we walked by this guy and he's like panhandling for change or whatever. And and then we look and he's standing in a little black circle. They have beggar designated beggar circles because, you know, COVID. Beggar's going to beg. 
well, let's at least make it COVID safe. It was freaking wild. But uh, other other thing too that made me that made me have a real good thought about uh, something to be aware of that. So one night our our room was also right by kind of the stairway. You know they had like the elevator and it's like you can take the stairway right there. Well I guess it was locked and so we were coming out of our room and all of a sudden we hear this knocking, but like nobody's in the hallway and we turn around and between our room's door and the next room corner room's door is the door to the stairs and it just it just has, um, yeah it just it. And we realized, oh, the knocking's coming from the other side of that. And, and we both stopped, and I was like, just keep, I, I, I whispered to her, I said, just keep walking. Uh, because I realized something you never want to do open the door to the stairwell in a semi sketchy hotel, in Ve- especially in Vegas, because you don't know what's on the other side. Like, it's best to maybe just let that one play out for itself. So, lesson learned. And I want to make sure to reiterate that to everyone. No, only very specific. There was no like, hey, like I, I just tried to take the stairs or whatever. Nothing. Just straight banging on the door. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to take that chance here. So, <laughs> but that was a funny lesson that we had. Uh, yeah, that was my Vegas trip. It was a ton of fun and just a lot of craziness in all the weirdest ways. So, hope you enjoyed that little story uh, for your uh, to start off this week. And would love to know if you have any quirky stories or any Vegas stories you'd like to dive into. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff happened, and um, you know, I it always breeds crazy stories. Place like that, there's a reason they call it Sin City. Like, and there's all the classic jokes, but uh, we stayed safe, had a lot of fun, and uh, that's where I'm gonna close it out today. I wow, I expected to do 20 minutes, but I guess I'm just long-winded. Half an hour, pretty good. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. Let me know any and all thoughts. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com, or you can text the show, 580-789-9258. Seriously, let me know any and all thoughts. It's good to be back, and we will see you next time.